0: welcome to media business on the michigan business network i'm tony Connolly. thanks so much for tuning in a lot to talk about with our next guest so we're going to dive right into it patrick anderson is the founder of the anderson economic group i'm not sure i know of any economist who knows more about our economy than patrick does so it's always great to talk with him patrick how are you sir okay how are you tony I'm doing well. Let's just dive right in. As I mentioned to you before we got started, I follow you on Twitter as well as on LinkedIn. And I know that you've been impacted a little bit about the earthquake that's happened in Turkey and Syria. Tell us a little bit about that. And it's just a terrible thing.
1: Yeah, it is a terrible thing. I mean, this is a very severe earthquake, actually, two of them that hit in an area of the world right near the border <laughs> of Turkey and Syria. And this is a war torn area. The decade-long Syrian civil wars affect a lot of the unrest and there's been government crackdowns in that area. Very poor people, and now they have to deal with a humanitarian crisis with thousands already dead. Unfortunately, I think that the number that I saw, 5,000, is not going to be the number that we're going to end up with. I think it's going to be higher. Some people think 10,000 buildings collapsed. It's really a terrible thing. And affecting people that Are in very bad shape. Anderson Economic Group's done business in other countries, including Turkey. Already today, I've spoken with two friends over there, one of whom is on a ship right now going to one of the provinces with a team of other people from his mountain club, and they're going to try to help get people out. I mean, they're literally right there on their way right now. So it's a real crisis over there. And as I sit on LinkedIn, there are some charities that are trying to help, and I would certainly urge people who are concerned about these folks to pray
0: for them. And if they have some money they want to contribute, that would be great. 7.8 on the Richter scale, looking at some of the devastation on video, it reminded me of just what happened in Haiti. was just a terrible thing.
1: Yeah, it is a terrible thing. And again, this is an ancient part of the world, Gaziantep, they have a castle there that you like survived 1500 years and part of it fell down because of this earthquake, there are a lot of Muslim in the area, but it's also old Christian and Jewish communities. I mean, this is a real, you know, cradle of civilization and they've suffered so much,
0: it's terrible to see what's happened over there right now. And folks can go to the American Red Cross website and they can give their Just wanted to get your take on a story that we have covered already. There was an infrastructure funding of the impact on EVs report that was completed by the Anderson Economic Group. As a matter of fact, I spoke with the author of that. Just wanted to get your take on what you thought after you went through that report.
1: Yeah, it is a very important thing that we all have to be concerned about. We're in Michigan in case anybody didn't know we have cold weather and warm weather and we have salt on the roads and that really makes our roads crumble faster than they do anywhere else and what makes them crumble the weather time but especially weight and wear and tear on them makes them crumble and the way we funded roads in the united states and in michigan for decades has been by levying taxes on fuels because fuel usage, gas, diesel is highly correlated with how much weight and how much mileage you put on the road. So it's about the fairest tax we have in the state of Michigan. However, now that we have an increasing number of electric vehicles on the road, we're having to come to grips with the fact that electric vehicles don't buy any gas, so they don't pay any gas tax. They don't pay any federal gas tax, they don't pay any state gas tax. So. When you're driving around in an EV, you're not actually contributing to the roads in the same way that somebody right next to you is. And uh, often your electric vehicles are actually heavier than the other vehicles. So the Anderson Economic Group study here that was commissioned by the County Road Association of Michigan and a number of other partners identifies what's a likely gap that we're already into. We point out this is going to be a half-billion-dollar problem very soon. So it's something that people are going to have to think about. And like myself, I drove an EV to work. For some people, they're fine. I don't try to tell people what kind of car they should drive. If they like their internal combustion engine car, they should keep it. Maybe get another one. If they like an electric vehicle, go ahead, buy it. But we do need to have electric vehicle drivers pay their fair share. And right now, they're really not. So we need to have something done in that area.
0: Otherwise, you know, basically we won't be able to keep our roads. That report was co-authored by Tyler Thiel. So we advise folks to go to the Anderson Economic Group website and they can pull that up. We're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, Patrick, I want to ask you bluntly two questions. Number one will be, what do you think is the state of the michigan economy and where do you think it's going in 2023 we'll do that next i'm tony Connolly. this is media business on the michigan business network Managing your office supplies is key to a seamlessly functioning business. With over 90,000 items available for free next day delivery and no minimum order, DBI can solve all your office supply needs from pencils to coffee at the very best value. Call DBI and ask a sales representative to show you their product offerings or visit dbiyes.com and request a product catalog. DBI does all things office, office supplies, furniture, and environments. welcome back to the media business podcast on the michigan business network i'm tony Connolly talking with patrick anderson from the anderson economic group where is the economy in regards to michigan right now patrick and what do you see unfolding in 2023 tony you said you're going to ask me a blunt question i at least i know i'm on the right
1: radio show here otherwise if you didn't ask me a blunt question i think i dialed the wrong number a very good question in, in michigan We have to ask this question every year. Where's our economy going to be? Because our state is so sensitive to economic downturns, to inflation, to higher interest rates. And one of the reasons is because our signature industry, the auto industry, depends on people who buy cars. And I shouldn't have to remind people of that, but let me go ahead and do it in the hopes that some policymakers are listening here. When you make it harder for people to buy cars, they buy fewer of them. And that means we pay fewer auto workers. we pay fewer people at auto dealerships, at parts. And one of the things that makes it harder for people to buy cars is inflation. Another thing is too much taxes, another thing is losing their job. And right now we've got a problem with all three of these, particularly with inflation. And the higher inflation that's ticked up has both increased prices of cars, increased prices of gas, and meanwhile wages haven't gone up nearly as fast. So. There's a very serious risk to our signature industry from higher inflation and from an economic slowdown. And that's part of what I think we all need to anticipate in Michigan in 2023.
0: What do you anticipate for the country? Because there are two different places we're at if you listen to our politicians. The president and his staff say that we're in a good place and his economic policies are showing some fruit. And there are others who say that since he took office, he's messed everything up. What do you say? I'll
1: let people make their decision on whether they think the president has messed up or done a good job more. But let me say in the economy that it has not been two good years it's been two bad years i'll have to underline this there is no way to get around the worst inflation in 40 years and two quarters where we lost income without saying that's bad it's bad if you don't think it's bad drive by a gas station and look up at the price of the gas go in the grocery store and see what it is then compare how much money you're making now versus what you were a year ago it is definitely bad for the United States of America to have this level of inflation and this kind of economic uncertainty and a slowdown. So it's really no question that things have gotten worse in the United States. Whether you want to blame it on the Democrats or Republicans is up to you, but the economy is definitely worse. And this is something that we have to deal with in the United States. Let me point out a few things. One, We need to get inflation under control. It's been moderating recently, but it's moderating at a level that's way too high. And I think the Fed has been listening for a good chunk of the last year. They weren't listening before. As you recall, both the Biden administration and the Fed were saying that inflation was, uh, what was that word? It begins with a T, transitory, transitory. (laughs) For a whole year, we told Americans something that was flat out. And that's Was just,
0: it wrong or was it a lie? Because we're being told one thing by now, the media. I'll, you I'll know. let
1: the listener decide whether it was intentionally wrong or just plain wrong. But it was clearly wrong that inflation was transitory. And i say the Federal Reserve Board, at least, has, seems to have gotten the message a year ago. You know, we're spending money recklessly. And if you look at the spending bills that we passed last year... You just can't make a coherent case for why we should spend that kind of money when we already have a deficit. And then you look at energy prices and, you know, we're still making it hard for people to get oil out of the ground and drill here. And yet we're asking other countries to drill more oil. It's really hard to make a coherent story out of that. So these are issues that we have to face in the United States.
0: So, Patrick, if President Biden called you up and said, Patrick, look, I'm in a bad spot here. I want you to fix this for me. What would you do? I'd say, Joe, here's the deal.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I, I like you and a lot of Americans like you. But, you know, this spending money that you don't have, it doesn't work. And. I'd really appreciate if you and the former Speaker of the House, your friend, Nancy Pelosi, didn't say that you could spend a trillion dollars and it would cost nothing. Okay, let's just get started with that. It doesn't cost nothing to spend a trillion dollars. And then I'd say, okay, work on making more jobs, but they need to be actual jobs, not jobs based on some idea that green energy is magical. It's not magical. There are, quote, green energy jobs out there, but... You don't create them by having a big government program so those are two things that i would suggest to him and again with all due respect to the president he was elected he's the leader of our country now and leader of the executive branch of government I certainly hope that the next two years are more successful than the first two in terms of the economy.
0: We're talking with Patrick Anderson, the founder of the Anderson Economic Group. I'm Tony Connolly. This is Media Business. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the economy here on the Michigan Business Network. Welcome back to the Media Business Podcast. I'm Tony Conley talking with Patrick Anderson on the Michigan Business Network. So Patrick, when I ask you if President Joe Biden called you and asked you to help him fix the economy, what would you do? You name two things. Let me ask you a couple more questions in regards to that. We've got a lot of folks who aren't working, who have chosen not to go back to work for whatever reason. Is there some way we can entice people to go back to work? Tony, I'm glad you've brought this up. It's something that I've been warning about for two years at least.
1: We have a crisis in the United States of long term unemployment, and particularly of people that just dropped out of the workforce. And I'll note that if you're good in there, it's actually worse among men than it is among women. It's a very serious problem where we encouraged people to not work at the beginning of the pandemic, and some of them haven't come back to work. So we're down one or two million people. I'm talking about people that were in the workforce and now are not only not working in a job, they're not even looking for work. And that's one of the biggest issues we have here in the United States right now. You look out there, everybody drives by help wanted signs. We have a calculated unemployment rate that it's at a 50-year low, but the calculated unemployment rate is based on the number of people who say they're looking for work. Meanwhile, we have a bunch of people that they don't even say they're looking for work. And a lot of these are what's been called in the statistics, prime age men. It's also prime age women. You're looking at like a very large fraction of people have obviously decided not to work. Some of the problem here is the big government programs we had during the pandemic, particularly the federal government's subsidy for staying unemployed, which was $600 a week on top of state unemployment. So many people took the money and said, hey, I make more money not working. And that may have been reasonable when the pandemic first started, but there was no way to justify it continuing far into 2021, which is what actually happened. And that's a real serious problem that we have here.
0: And we haven't faced up to it as a society. So. Let's say we get more folks back to work. We stop spending as much money as we were. We make it more cost effective, especially for our business. But the automobile industry to do business, what else could we do to help the economy? You also mentioned energy a little bit. What else could we do to see some results in the shorter term? And by shorter term, nothing's going to happen overnight, but maybe by the end of the year.
1: All right, I mean, here we have a current issue right now. We have a nine billion dollar surplus in the state of Michigan, nine billion dollars. It's not as if our own economy generated all that money, a lot of it's federal money, but Mm -hmm. it's also money that everybody listening here paid in. What can we do with this extra money? Well, the law says we should reduce our income tax rate. And instead, what we've heard this week is let's send rebate checks, including to people who didn't work or didn't pay any income tax. I mean, obviously, one of the things we could do to not only encourage work, but to make it more rewarding for people who do is to reduce the tax rate that they pay and instead we've got this proposal to have these rebate checks which are completely unrelated to how much work you did and it will mean that you know i'll give you an example you'll say you have a tourner family that's out there with their kids working paper routes or something or teenagers they're going to get 180 dollars meanwhile you got four people at a bar who didn't work they're going to get $720. How does that figure? And, you know, just it's another way that we're signaling to people that they don't need to work. And then, in fact, there's no incentive for them to work. So, this is one of the things that I think we could do right now. It's arguably already in law. You know, it's a reduction in the tax rate. You still have
0: to earn money and you still have to pay tax, let you keep a little bit more of what you earn. Patrick, many of us in the media have failed. When it came to getting out all the information about the economy and and what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, many entities don't report on it at all. Some report on just parts of it. What can we do to be better? I appreciate that you're
1: recognizing the problems that people get. I will tell you, when I open newspapers, sometimes I say to myself, what planet are you on when you write about this? And, you know, being honest with folks, I think I'm very glad that we don't have a government organized media structure. I like to have lots of people competing and including this station for people's listening and reading. And I'm very unhappy with the censoring and the shutting down of debate. But, you know, you got to tell the truth. I mean, that's, you know, one of the reasons why I think. People have listened to the work that we've done at this company for so long as we consistently tell the truth. And that's what I urge everybody in the news media to do is tell the truth. Let people debate what to do next. I mean, I'm not telling people how to vote, but I will say that inflation wasn't transitory and the economy wasn't good. That's the truth. And then let people make their own decisions
0: about how they want to vote. And final question for you. When I was in daily radio and I booked an economist, I had this list. I had the conservative economists, I had the liberal economists, and I had those that were right down the middle. And I made sure that I booked all of them yeah. so I can get, you know, the correct tape. It seems like the economy, it's like a math question. There's a right answer, but why are there so many takes on the same thing?
1: There is a right answer, usually. I mean when you ask people Unfortunately, this is part of a problem is that a lot of times I see, especially in the prestige news media, is going to people who often have no idea what's going on in the economy because they work in an Ivy League institution supported by taxpayers. How do they know about what's going on in the mining or construction industry? Maybe they do, but not by their regular interaction. And unfortunately, a lot of those folks are very concerned about how others in the political environment view them. And my belief is that if you tell the truth over a long period of time, you will eventually get a lot of people upset with you, but you'll earn your reputation for being truthful, and that'll be worth it.
0: We've been talking with Patrick Anderson, who is the founder of the Anderson Economic Group. If you really want to know what's going on with the economy, not only here in Michigan, but throughout the country and worldwide, make sure you follow the Anderson Economic Group on Twitter as well as LinkedIn. Patrick, I appreciate you so much, sir. Thank you. All right, Tony. Good to talk with you. I'm Tony Connolly. This has been Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. We'll see you next time.